listen to Reckon I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And how would you reckon it, pal? Well, we draw a theme from a hat. We each bring a record that we think represents said theme. We talk about it. We analyze it. We review it. And we just kind of shoot the shit and talk. Um, If you would like to reach out to us to recommend one of these themes that we talk about, Mm -hmm. uh, you can find us on Instagram at Record Night Pod, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Record Night, or you can just shoot us an old-fashioned email at recordnightpod at gmail.com. We'll take your themes. If we use it, we'll give you credit. Um, So hopefully we never run out of themes to talk about. But also, if you would like to contact us through any of those, if you're a musician and you would like your music featured on this show, uh, we'll get the word out there. We'll play some of your music. We'll talk about it. And, yeah, reach out to us. Yeah, uh, I got an email. We got an email like a like, couple weeks ago. Let us know we're like uh, high up there in German charts when it comes to music review. Yeah, commentary. we're in like the top 150 yeah. in Germany. So thanks, Germans. <laughs> Thank you. Are you drinking beer right now? Uh, yeah, I sure am. I'm drinking one from close to my home. Well, actually, no, they are uh, full on in my hometown now. Oh, wow. uh, From Longmont, Colorado, and I guess Austin, Texas as well. Uh, Oscar Blues Death by Coconut. It is a Irish-style porter brewed with coconut and chocolate, and it tastes very much just kind of like a German chocolate cake. Okay, I, I just got Scheiderbach. Um from Shire, Texas, like Texas, just my own state, but Texas is huge. You can fit like a like a million Rhode Islands in there. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not, not going to do it. And I'm, you know, I, guys, we recorded this. It looks like it's the 17th of February. Texas just a few days ago just got shit hit by a uh, the likes of a storm they've never seen before. Like when it comes to like snow and ice. And I had a ton of friends who lost power for like hours. You know, like oh damn, yeah. Uh, I knew one of my friends. Do not was, deregulate your uh, <laughs> your infrastructure, people. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that Texas needs to invest in, even because it would save lives, honestly, save lives if they uh, if they went ahead and they figured out something when it came, especially came to roads and uh, electricity and all that shit. Anyway, I'm not. This is not that show, though. <laughs> this is not that show. It is not. <laughs> what the show is is uh, is what Ryan mentioned at the beginning, of it, and we have a theme today. Of yeah, I what, am four- what theme did we draw last time? So I, I took it off a Reddit subreddit called I Am 14. Mm-hmm. This is very deep. And so we each took that theme and we rendered what we think would uh, fit that theme the best. Um, and uh, how hard was this for you, man? This was pretty easy. I had three I was going to choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up going with one of those three. I will lead off that my pick probably probably isn't like my top pick for this my top pick would have been like a a lincoln park album but i felt weird kind of like dunking on sad angsty lyrics in light of what ended up happening yeah so i felt like it was in better taste to maybe like go with like something else that still i listen to is uh as much as I listen to Lincoln Park, which we'll, we'll get to when it's my turn. Yeah, but um, so I went through the same thing, but also with the t- title line 14 that's very deep, I went with shit that is intentionally kind of dumb. <laughs> like, like kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. It kind of <laughs> kind of just like stuff I could make fun of easy. Um, and that's not saying I don't like this band or these band, mm-hmm. the, this band in particular. It's just saying that I used to, listen, I used to jam this shit when I was 14. 
and it, yeah. it was deep. <laughs> you know, they were talking real shit to me at that time. Right. Um, um, but uh, you know what, dude? I'm just going to get into it and say who it is. This is yeah, uh, it's MXPX's Life in General, 1995. I probably, MXPX for a while were my favorite band. Like from wow. for like the span of two years, they were my favorite band. I had absolutely forgotten that MXPX existed That's because fair, I think yeah. in my brain they got folded into like NoFX. Okay, so actually MXPX were my favorite band until I picked up NoFX's Punk and Drub. Like, <laughs> like when I listened <laughs> to that record, okay, I was like, MXPX is not my favorite band anymore. But MXPX, they grew out of it because... You know, uh, growing up, I used to listen to Christian music, right? And mm-hmm. then I got into Fire and Frenzy, like a ska punk band, right? And then I got into MXPX, right? Right. And um, MXPX on their first record inside the director's sleeve, the first record, Pokenatcha, uh, three the, two of the dudes were wearing T-shirts. One said Ranson, one said No Effects. And like so like the following week or something, I picked up No Effects record and a Rancid record. And I'm like, wow, that shit's so much better than MXPX. And that's what happened. But, um, uh, but So, yeah, I think this is a good point to, to jump off on. If you're unsure of how to explore and find new music, look at the t-shirts of the bands you like. Also, who they thank. Yeah. Because you know, yeah, people made a big deal that MXPX um, thanked uh, Bad Religion in one of their records. Because <laughs> MXPX, at first, their first two records are very, very focused on like God. And uh, and Jesus mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing, pretty pretty heavy on the first ones, and then and then in life in general they sort of there are a few things here and there they are kind of, uh, kind of, Christiany I guess is the best mm-hmm. way to put it, um, but but anyway MXPX are from Bremerton, Washington. Um, they've been uh, they've been around since the early nineties, uh, for a while when I was young they were my favorite band and then I got out of it. But this record. I knew it by heart. I still knew it by heart, <laughs> strangely. <laughs> and um, and I almost didn't write down any notes on it because I, I knew this shit like the back of my goddamn hand. And so right. I was like, I was like, huh. I, I mean, it's crazy. Um, but I, I have a lot to unpack with this one. There were 17 tracks on it. It's still under like, uh, I think under 30 minutes, but my I think my clip's the longest out of the ones that we put on. No, this, th- this thing's, uh, looking it up now, it's like almost 45. Oh, shit. Okay, man. Well, well, it looks like we... It just time flies and you're having fun. I guess, man. <laughs> uh, I'm going to play the clip and then I'll talk a little bit more about them and you can... All right, so... Yeah, uh, let's let's dive into it. It makes GX's life in general, 1995. Uh, but I want to mention this is re- recorded twice. Uh, three times, actually. The first time they recorded it, it didn't get released. They thought it was shitty. Second time they recorded it, it sounded better, so they released that one. And then they have Life in General 2.0, which they recorded like four years ago. It's the same record, just re-recorded Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of hoping I didn't accidentally listen to that one. I don't think I did. No, I don't, yeah, I don't think you did either. But uh, uh, oh, I will say though, um, I kind of like when bands do that. It seems to only be like a punk band thing, but like Suicidal Tendencies did it with their first one. Yeah, is that? I think they're they yeah. do it a lot actually. They've almost re-recorded their whole discography. Just like as they get better as musicians, they're like, oh well, let's let's try that again. You know, I think. I think Suicidal Tendencies, uh, I know that um, Body Count did a cover of Suicidal Tendencies Institutional, Institutionalized. Uh-huh. Have you heard that? Uh, dude, I <laughs> guilty pleasure band is Suicidal Tendencies for me. Okay. I think I think they're uh, very cheesy and kind of not great, but I really like their, I, like, I love their first album that has Institutionalized on it. 
I want, I want to, you know what? I want a Pepsi right now, in fact. But first, yeah. I want to listen to that sample I made for MXPX. <laughs> right. So this is MXPX, Let's hear it. MXPX's Life in General. You guys can find it on Spotify or on YouTube. It's everywhere, but here we go. So that was a little sampler of MXPX's Life in General from 1995. I didn't probably get it till 1998, 1999. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was probably 13 or 12 when I first got it. And I listened to it for a long time. And, you know, and it's been years since I listened to it. And I'm sorry, it's released in 96. And, um, okay, so 
MSPX from Bremerton, uh, Washington, their name actually means is actually magnified plaid, but in the first uh, show tickets, the they were you know doing like MP and the X put in there said period, so just turned to MXPX. Um, okay, it, it's better named magnified plaid for sure, but not much better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, man, uh, it's it's almost embarrassing that I like this. But, I mean, that's not saying I don't like it now, but it's almost embarrassing. I almost didn't pick it because I'm like, man, this is kind of embarrassing to have here. But uh, uh, I am going to let you know I will probably be dunking on this very hard. Oh, I can't wait, dude. This is um, – <laughs> I can't wait. I have I went through a very, very short period of uh, liking MXPX. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you any of their songs. I just remember that I listened to them. Because mm-hmm. uh, I remember listening to them, and then I saw the movie The Transporter with Jason Statham yeah. in theaters. Yeah. Um, but I gotta say, I was not expecting to be like transported back into the, I don't know, the headspace of like being in youth group. <laughs> yeah. This, like this, this, all this... the all the people in youth group liked this this band. And it's like, now I'm trying to, I'm thinking back to like all the other stuff I listened to. It's like, I need to look them up and see, were they also like Christian punk bands? So, oh, okay, here's the deal, man. I uh, I haven't listened to, I, I stopped listening to MXPX after we saw your record call, The Ever Passing Moment. And I, mm-hmm. like, and then like, I just stopped listening to them altogether. Like, it just stopped. And I, I was somewhere else and, you know, I don't I don't know, man, what happened. But, uh. But I haven't listened to them since 2000. Like, like it was directed in 2000. After that, I stopped listening to them. But for uh-huh. a good year and a half, two years, and uh, I I loved MXPX. In fact, one of the first like punk rock quote and punk was it was MXPX. It was uh, I'll go with order. Slick Shoes, then Good Charlotte opened for MXPX and then MXPX played. And in between the Good Charlotte and the MXPX show, I I I had seats, but I just ran down the pit. I didn't care. And it's the first time I saw a pair of titties in my life for real. Like, like, like. <laughs> Max B. Yeah. But the thing is, man, here's the weird part. No one was playing. This guy was, the girl's just on her boyfriend's shoulders and just saw her tits out. And I was like, I was like, no one's playing? I, did, I didn't, you know, I was 14 or 15. I was listening to. No, the you know MXPX and Dashboard Confessional. And I didn't give a uh-huh. fuck. I was like, oh, that's some titties. Okay. But, um, <laughs> anyway, I'm not, God, I sound like a pig. Anyway, um, <laughs> MXPX is life in general. Uh, there's a there's a lot of memories that stick with you when you're like 14 years old. Like listening to this and trying to remember the other bands I listened to. Just like so much stuff came rushing back. Yeah. So you just want to go for a track for track, and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. Yeah. Okay, let's start with the first song off uh, Life Life in General by MXPX called Middle Name. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, so the thing I noticed a lot about MXPX, especially in this record, is that, is that the lead singer Mike here, he seems to have a lot of girlfriends who actually kind of hate him. <laughs> like, they, they, yeah. they, like, like you know, like, they're just generally annoyed by him for no reason, it seems, according to says, you know, like. So, uh, it's it's a... Punk song, right? I mean, all of the record songs on here are quote unquote yeah, punk. I what you call it punk? It sound yeah, it's it pop sounds punk, like right? Punk. It's super it sound punk. It's pop punk, right? We can just say that, right? Yeah. Um, um, no, this. So I was listening to this, and this this is the first song. Like I wrote it down right off the bat. Um, that kind of became a thing throughout the whole album. I was like, hey, this song is like weirdly long. Why is this song like? 
almost three minutes. Like it, it was like almost a minute too long of a song. Yeah, it, it really was. And the, 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 I mean, not a lot. Of, none of these songs have a lot to so, have a lot to say. But when you say things like "emotion is my middle name" and I lay in bed and listen to the rain, <laughs> like like the words <laughs> in here are like one of the things I mentioned to my brother because we both loved MXPX growing up. We mentioned uh-huh. that one of the things that Mike Hira, the lead singer and songwriter, is not is a wordsmith because <laughs> these are some <laughs> these are some sh- shitty lyrics. Um, yeah, they're not great. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I'm not your robot or your slave. I won't behave. I'm not your toy. Right. And yeah, it's. I didn't even write down the "I'm not your toy" part. Just the "I'm not a robot. I'm not your slave. I won't behave" is like the the least powerful punk slogan i've ever heard like it's not like it's like okay what if we took rebel and then we made it so parents are okay that their kids come to an mxpx show but won't behave the thing is is that i think that that mike here thinks he's a smart lyricist get it we'll talk about that later in the later songs on the record Mm -hmm. Um, but emotion you know i know the words to and uh, why won't you but um Let's let's go on to the next one because we'll, we'll this one's not worth spending a lot of time on. Um, let's move on <laughs> okay. to my mom still cleans my room, which is probably my second favorite song on the record. Um, okay, I I do like uh, the blisteringly fast punk beat through most of it, but uh, again, the lyrics aren't that great, man. <laughs> the lyrics are bad. Um, so I even wrote it down on this one, and I kind of I kind of felt this way through the rest of the album. Um, <laughs> I I was like, is I don't know if it's meant to be this because I did. I mean, I looked it up. Um, like MXPX, they they are like a Christian punk group. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't know how much is built into there that whole because I mean, when I listened to it, I was in like a youth group, stuff like that. Like, is this meant to be punk rock for children? <laughs> I don't think so. But for me, it was. But here's the thing, man. Um, MXPX. I this is how much of a big nerd I was about them. They had a video that was like explaining their their um their record like their history up until right before the every passing moment came out mm-hmm. and so I, I i watched that shit over and over and it it starts talking about the end how they're trying to break out of this christian bubble to become a real band it's which is which we are mm-hmm. <laughs> um so when around this time is when they started to sort of break out of that christian bubble because i don't think after this record especially there's not one reference to god or jesus in any of the songs after this record and even this one, uh, pretty... according to their Wikipedia, the lead singer is no longer Christian. Right, and uh, I, he has a podcast called the Mike Hera Podcast, and it's uh-huh. weird to see him here to say the fuck word because he says it all the time now. And it's, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that's that's Mike Hera, and you know, he's apparently these people still like this band. I'm not saying that they shouldn't, but I, I grew out of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But anyway, I mean, I did too. Yeah, my mom still cleans my room. I like this song. Uh, and this is the this is the thing I really connected to when I was fourteen, and it's it, I don't connect to it, but for some reason I connect to this this four lines. The thoughts that form inside my brain don't always seem to entertain because when I tell my company, they think there's something wrong with me. I don't know why I connected that at all. Um, uh-huh. Because for one, we, all of us have fucked up thoughts that we don't tell anyone, right? Right. <laughs> and um, I don't know why he tells his company if they're fucked up. I mean, anyway, but um. This song sounds like he's talking to his parents. <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> you know, I'm getting older day by day. Ain't got time to get to everything. All right. Um, yeah, I, I love, I don't know. There's just something like with the lyrics where it's like, 
I feel like he is saying something kind of like good and important, but like in context of like the greater like punk sphere, it just comes off as he's such a wiener. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he's a hold, wiener. what is it? Hold on tight. Enjoy the ride. Life is short. Uh, so live it wisely. Yeah. Wisely. Why did he pick, like, why the word wisely and not, like, have fun, do stuff like this? It's just, like, live it, like, what does he mean What, by what it makes it seem like wisely. He's, he, he's heard these things told to him, and so he just uh-huh. said them verbatim. And, yeah. um, <laughs> and he didn't try to make it his own at all. So, Mm-mm. so, but I, I do like the song, though. I mean, the bass line is actually kind of, uh, which is complex for being a punk song like this. It's to me, it's the, the most... bass playing on this album is actually not terrible. Oh, I no, the, I thought it was pretty good. Mischief's not not bad at all. Like like these songs rock, but the lyrics are retarded. I'm not. I'm sorry. <laughs> the R word. They're not good. <laughs> um. So one thing, and I mean, I noticed a lot of I my thing with this album uh, is I kind of noticed not like yeah. I noticed the cracks early on. Mm-hmm. I wrote on the second track, my first time listening to this, I was like, I wrote like, oh man, they're really kind of overusing that punk beat. And then they <laughs> use the punk beat for every song on this album. Yeah, that that super special polka beat. It shows up on every song. And I think even later on the album, I was like, oh, they didn't do it on this song. And then it went into it during the chorus. And I was like, son of a bitch. You want to move into probably one of the most cringy songs on the record? Uh, yes. Do Your Fear. Okay. So, uh, man, whatever, and start with this one. I'm going to read some So this is another one where I thought, like, I really kind of locked into, like, okay, I think they are really aiming towards their audience, and they know who it's meant for, because these dudes are obviously too old to be in school, and he's talking about, like, Going out with people after class. Riding on his Vespa. Not his car, but his Vespa. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, one thing. I can tell you one thing. I mentioned a few things. So, like, for example, I I sing a lot. Do you care when I tell you? Step around that broken glass. Uh, so, Mike here, one of his favorite bands. One of his favorite bands. One of his favorite movies is Say Anything. Uh-huh. And in that movie, John Cusack, he mentioned, oh, you know, walk around that broken glass to hurt yourself, right? And for some reason, Mike here thought that shit was the most romantic thing he's ever seen. <laughs> right? Um, so he included this song. Uh, Are you going to see me at you get out of class? Do you care when I tell you to step around that broken glass? And I, I didn't know what that... I thought he was just saying it until I actually saw saying anything. I'm like, oh, that's where he gets it. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then the part I didn't include in the song is uh, this is the first time they mentioned any sort of like belief in a god. They say, yeah, I even wrote by this point. I was like, wait, is this Christian punk? Yeah, because I looked him up after I'd listened to it. Okay, so he goes, This is, I know that you believe in the one true God above, that's why you're waiting for your one and only love. All right, um, but the lyrics in here, they're a mixture of like bad pickup lines, and I hope he's never, ever, ever said to a girl, uh huh, but but he may have because he sort of thinks (laughs) that. I mean, he seems. Anyway, this song, it's not a bad song. It's the same punk beat song, but it's it's cringy, man. Ooh. Well, it does. It actually does something. I mean, it's kind of cliche, okay. but it's kind of cool. Where like 
about halfway through the song, it kind of slows down. It's like that 50s, like, dance thing. Like, this dun-dun-dun, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And then for about 20 seconds, it goes back to the chipunk beat again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it shows up on a lot of songs, and it's something I notice a lot with uh, pop punk. Mm-hmm. Pop punk dudes love to sing about the show. Oh, yeah, the show that they're Come either to having show. or going to or, yeah. or the one that's... I'll see at the show. I'm going to... We're going to do this at the show. There's always a show. It, it perpetually, a show is coming. There's an impending show. And so always. I, I want to know where... I mean, no, no, no. MXPX, they're probably playing, you know, Christian clubs if they exist. Um, Pizza <laughs> joints on the main street of their hometown. Yeah, because in the video, uh, which is it came from Burlington, MXPX... It has mm-hmm. videos of them playing in their garage to like people who obviously just came from church, like feature women and shit like that, like like people on their street. <laughs> yeah, which is fine, I guess. I mean, whatever. But it's I mean, whoever whoever you want to play to, we're not gonna we're not bashing anybody for believing in anything. No. But a lot of this stuff that to me reads as being aimed towards kids in the context of like the punk sphere reads as being like a weenie. Yeah. 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 It's for real. Like, like I can understand if people listen to this record and when I was 14, they're like, what is this? And why do you yeah. like it? I can understand <laughs> that now. Stop. <laughs> yeah. But let's get to the next song, which uh, sometimes you have to ask yourself what's the name of the song. And this yeah. has some lyrics where Mike here is trying to use, I guess a million dollar words to make, make it seem like he's smart. <laughs> to make it seem like is he this, knows what he's talking is this about. This the song where he throws in a bunch of like eyes's. And yeah, and stuff that doesn't fit in the, even in the fucking line. Like he fits it in there <laughs> just so people think that we think he knows he's smart. And uh, honestly, no, no, like like you can't do that to me. You can't do that to me because I re- uh, like I know what utilitarian means. I, I barely know what sloganarian means. And I, I know what compartmentalizing means. Yeah, but it isn't realizing apparently. And, th- and then like um. <laughs> In Adventure Stas will probably I'll get to that, but but okay, so this song really isn't about anything. He's just, I guess he's just talking shit on like the masses or like, you know, people that think they're the shit. But man, like I can't I get like even when I heard this song the first time, I'm like, is he trying to sound smart? Because it's not working, right? Like Right. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm just gonna go through the first four lines. How about that? Never Let's quite just it. knew how to get it through the utilitarian, when she says, that didn't say the word. Utilitarian, slowing minds, sun to sand redefines the lines right now. And so I was like, okay. So listening to it today, I listened <laughs> to it a few times the past couple of days, just to, you know, get myself all ready to talk about no effects. Get and, all nostalgic. Yeah, and this is the song that makes me cringe the most, honestly. Yeah. it's. I feel like there's also... Maybe not like conflicting messages, but he's trying to cram a lot of stuff in here where it's like, I'm getting a sense of, you know, join together so we can make a better world, but then also individuality. And it's like, I understand like both of those things. Yeah, important stuff like that. But do you need to cram both of them into one song along with like, don't join the masses? Like, okay, do individuality and, you know, don't be like a mass thing like that. But then like, don't cram in the jo- make the world a better place thing because it's like you're muddling your message a little bit. So one of the things that bothers me in this song is he says, don't pop the status quo problems off on the other guy. When you listen to that in the lyrics, 
on the other guy, there's nothing happening. There's no music happening. Because he had to scram that line in there because it's that important. Like, I guess, to, to let me know, to palm the status quo problems off on the other guy, which he does. And I'm like, huh. So, uh, I mean, this song is not a, to say, to talk about the structure, it's not really a structure, this song. It's just, you know, four verses, one, two, five verses, right? And that's cool. Uh-huh. That's But it's like also, you know, whatever, man. Like, the, like <laughs> I would have given you more credit if you didn't make this song at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> like sometimes you have to ask yourself. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, like, why you wrote that fucking song. I think you do. I think you do. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Wonder Years. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, this okay. So it's this a, it's, song hit hit weird. I'm gonna keep referencing the punk landscape. Okay. He's. He makes in this a re I think a really bold claim. <laughs> okay. That that I think comes from just the most privileged view of the world where he says our lives are in general the same, one and the same, you know, but with variations or differences in opinions. And it's like how out of touch with reality do you need to be that you think everyone's lives are the same and really the only the only variations you know there's little variations yeah. it's like differences of opinion and it's like no do you only know well off white people from Washington I realize well, you're from fair, Washington, so his, maybe he's Hispanic so keep that in mind okay I'll keep it in mind but it still <laughs> reads very oh very very, very privileged. privileged yeah yeah because uh, our lives in general are not one and the same uh Unless you're at a little youth group, I, I don't fucking know. Like, like, I never thought about that until just now. And this is the this is the fucking the name of the record is life in general. Holy fuck, yeah. dude! <laughs> yeah, so you're right. Yeah, it's privileged as fuck. I didn't think about it till just now. Just, I didn't want. I didn't. And holy fuck! Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, and. That's really all I got from this song was that one line. And I was like, what the fuck is he? Okay. So back to the punk sphere thing. This is it's punk music written by somebody who doesn't know what's happening in the world, which is very antithetical to like punk and, you know, politics and all that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like for example, at the end of it, he goes, don't know, don't care. If you need me, I'll be right here. That was just a way to end the song. That wasn't, has nothing to do with the song itself. (laughs) Cause this song's about, you know, being young and time taking away shit from you. He doesn't say shit. Yeah, it won't waste my life. Yeah, no way. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and then he talks about, you know, I can't see clearly. I can't think because it's too early. So. Well, yeah, it's too early in the morning. He's got to get up and go to school. Yeah. His brain doesn't work that early. Yeah, I know, man. Where's your coffee? You hit the nail on the head, and I didn't even know the nail was there. So good job, Al. <laughs> Thank you. Move to Burlington, which is just a song about meeting this girl, I guess, while he's on tour. And saying, mm-hmm. you should move to where I live, somewhere you've never been before. And somewhere that, you know, apparently, uh, if you listen to my music, a lot of girls get annoyed by me. So, yeah, come move to Bremerton, where I live. Um, Perfect. So, we we both got the same thing from this song, which was, because uh, it takes them a little bit to get there. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, yeah, move to a new place for, you know, to move closer to someone you like. And then I was like, oh, wait. 
he wants her to move here. Yeah, why, why so will he like, move fucking there with her? <laughs> yeah, no, you need to drop out of school and you need to move here. And then you also, you need to drop out of school, but you should also be smart because that's what I find attractive. Uh, quit your job, quit your job. Well, just, uh-huh. I love people quit their jobs to move, but pack your bags, hitch a ride. That I'm, like, like, I'm not going to come get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he not going to like, like make your hitchhike down to Burmington? Like, like that's yeah. what it sounds like. Um, it he's not gonna help her get there. Like it was this one like rubbed me so weird because I was like, you won't even like. There's nothing romantic about this. Like you cater to me and to my tastes because you have no agency in your life. I find you attractive, so you need to be here. And and here's where he sort of insults her intelligence. If yeah. you own a brand and use it too. You gotta know if have a, you own a brain. Yeah, you gotta know I have a crush on you. And apparently, we know what Mike likes. He likes level-headed girls with a pretty smile, who have ideas and have style. Um, Which I don't know when they changed the lyrics for this, but the lyrics I was reading says, "What was it? Cut your." It was like cut your hair and bleach it, or something like that, because you know I like short-haired girls. What the fuck, really? Yeah, I don't um, know if that was in like the 2.0 version. It might have been, I mean, or like. The original one, those are the lyrics I came across. Then I was like, oh, he's talking about something different. But it was just like, holy shit, this is like, this is fucking awful. Yeah. I mean, seriously, someone I knew or met on tour that was, that was nice or cute, right? And she was like, hey, you know what you should do? You should move to where I live. So I'm not, I'm not going to give you any help. Just thought, you know, here's the idea drop out of school and run away, right? Easy. Perfect. Yeah. So, um, but then also cut your hair really short and bleach it because that's what I'm into. Mm-hmm. That's right. He likes uh, girls that look like a, a young Drew Barrymore. <laughs> yeah, and you better not be a fucking idiot because I like them smart. Yeah. Uh, in the chorus, we'll talk about um, it goes, Move to Bremerton, we'll hang out. Move to Bremerton, we'll go out. Move to Bremerton, will you be mine? Which is, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I do think is... It is interesting to put this next song after Move to Bremerton, which is New York, New York to Nowhere. Yeah. So which is talking about how much it fucking sucks to be away from your hometown. And your, and your family and everyone you know. Um, yeah. He spent the last thing saying it is a cool romantic thing to do, so come here. And then he's like, but really, it fucking sucks. Yeah, this song's a, <laughs> about the shit that happens on tour, which I've, I've never been. And it's uh-huh. like, like this thing, fucking God. But um, I don't know, man. Like, like I imagine that he was just s- sitting on the side of the road, writing the song. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he had a notebook, a legal pad, in the passenger seat, looking at uh, who was driving that day, and was like, "Man, the snow won't melt faster." <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and. And they're just like, yeah, dude, it's the middle of winter. Yeah, yeah. Why, why would, why we went to tour in the middle of winter? It's like, well, we did, but um. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, nowhere. It's one of the minor songs in the record, a minor one, mm-hmm. but not. It does talk more about shows, though. It does talk about shows because they just played in some dive, right? Yeah. And they, there's, it's a, it's about being on tour, and it's and that has nothing. That cool to say about it. <laughs> nope, just that it kind of sucks. He wishes he was home. Then we went to actually an audience favorite, Andrea. 
Mm-hmm. I I learned how to play this guitar when I when I uh, when I got this record. Went online, oh, got really? tablature, but now I know I, everything's everything was on bar chords, so I could just figure it out by myself. But um, <laughs> so this song is apparently a girl who is in Kentucky that he fell in love with, right? Falling in love all over the place. I know, man. He, he's just unless it's the same person throughout the album. I mean, and uh, if I remember correctly, his nut wife's name's Denise, but I don't know if that's mm. true. Um, but um, <laughs> Andrea, uh, he says, uh, he talks about how he almost held a hand, and how they went for coffee, and he says it must must have been the smallest town in Kentucky. So I don't, I'm I'm guessing Andrea didn't go on tour with him, because uh, right, because he has to, he has to get ramble, he has to go next show, <laughs> you know, all the shows he's going on. Um. This is also the second time they mentioned God, and this is the last time yeah. they mentioned to in this record. By God's amazing grace. Yeah, it said a beautiful face is like God's amazing grace, grace, right? Yeah. Yeah. This We're, one was a weird one. This might be the only song I've ever heard that some guy longs to, like, get engaged to somebody. <laughs> not like and I'm not I'm not talking like I only listen to music like oh, I want to I want to bang it out it's like it's not I can't wait to be married to you no. it was like oh I bet you'd be great to be engaged to and Which it's is, like what a weird period of like I don't know a year to six months six months to a year of like man pff, that would be great yeah and uh, I don't think they even see each other except when he's on tour uh, because he, I was thinking to myself it's like how many days did he spend with her, right? Like, one or two? And, right. uh, like, I'm trying to figure myself, like, why the fuck would he do that? Why would he say that? Like, if I told a girl after spending three days with her that, hey, we should get engaged, or I'd love to be engaged, I'd, one, they, they should run, because I'm crazy, legit. Right. And, t- and two, what the fuck, man? Like, like, <laughs> what? I'm... I'm so curious about all of this. So I, you know, bringing it back into the the youth group headspace. (laughs) Does he want to get engaged because he wants to bone down? That 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 would only make sense because he talks about how how knew you were waiting for your one and only love, right? Yeah. So it's like, is is it like secret code of like, hey, I mean. Uh, I've got my purity ring, you've got your purity ring, but, like, what if we change that purity ring out for an engagement ring, and then we can, you know. Yeah, well, I'm wondering, like, if if that's sort of a, uh, (laughs) if that's sort of a loophole, because usually you're supposed to wait till your wedding wedding night to your betrothed, but I bet the thinking, I bet a lot of dudes are like, you know what, we're already engaged, we're going to do it anyway, let's just make sure that our wedding night's awesome, and we have fun, Mm -hmm. so we'll practice now. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I guess. So now. that I mean, that's what I'm kind of getting from it is like maybe it's like secret code so you can slip it past the parents. Like the parents, are like, oh, he wants to get engaged. That's so cute, but it's like he's secretly saying what we're all thinking. <sighs> yeah, Andrea. <laughs> maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I'm just having fun with it. Yeah, it's I mean the lyrics like okay, but it's a fun song. It's a fun punk song. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Then we get into your problem. My emergency. Um, yeah, where he he apparently this girl won't leave him alone. He's in a rebel. He's in a fight. This organized manipulation, which to me was just he was trying to think of two words that he thought sounded big. <laughs> like, like, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know. This one read 
to me as like a punk rock kind of like hip to be square kind of thing. Yeah. Of like, yeah, man, I'm just gonna I'm gonna live a normal life, and that's kind of like the punk rock way to do it. Of like, you want me to be something crazy and awesome? Well, f you, yeah, lady. you darn dude. Yeah, or, I'm gonna or chick. I mean, because because is why is your problem always my emergency? I can imagine anyone I knowing, like except my wife, having mm-hmm. a problem, and me being like, "What's the deal?" Like if a, my buddy was like, "Yeah, man, uh, I busted a tire. Can you come out?" I'll be like, "Yeah, I'll be there. Whenever." But he wouldn't be like, now, motherfucker. I'd be like, dude, it's 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 11.30 p.m. I was in by PJs. So, but yeah. anyway, anyway, that's not the point. <laughs> so, I want to mention the the last last five lines, six lines of this song, because they bothered me so much. that Let's it's hear it. Okay, so he goes, he gets to, I even uh, put this in thing. Why is your problem always my emergency? This is no court of law and your speculation. And the last four lines have nothing to fucking do with the rest of it. He goes, Sets masquerades as rock and roll and manufactured music to save your soul. So go do your homework. Demographics target marketing. What the fuck, dude? Really? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. He has this real big problem with like muddling messages yeah. with like throwing some more like weird morality stuff in there. Yeah. And, where it's like, Maybe that's where I was getting, like, this hip-to-be-square, it's-cool-to-be-lame kind of thing, because it reads as, like, sex, drugs, and rock and roll? No way. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> too cool for my lame ass. And, 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 I mean, I, if I'm thinking about rock and roll, like, actual rock and roll from the 60s, that shit was all drugs and rock and roll. Like, drugs and mm-hmm. sex. Like, that's all it was. And, um, I mean, I'm obviously... I, I'm more so condoning do whatever you want to do with your life, and I'm not saying, like, sex, drugs, and rock and roll is, like, the you know, the cool only way to do things. But it reads very lame when you're trying to be a badass punk person and you're like, uh, no, sex and drugs, no thanks. I'd shop. rather, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do my homework. How about that, yeah, mom it, and dad? It, you know what? It's it's a marketing class, so demographics target marketing. So here we go. Um, let's, let's move on, Chick Magnet. Chick Magnet is, <laughs> if you've never heard in an space before, you probably have heard this in one of the movies you've seen, and one of the team movies you've seen in uh, the late 90s. And the last movie actually oh, I remember yeah. hearing it in was Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Um, and, oh, um, weird. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they played the, the thing Chick Magnet at the end. Um, so I know I'll play this bass line. I know I'll play this song, because honestly, in the, in the verse, it's just one chord strummed and then picked. Just the whole, just one, one bar chord. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. And the, I, this song's the easiest fuck to figure out, play, and to, uh, and whatever. But um, yeah, I like the bass in this song. It's it's very much kind of like a bass center song. So I have, um, I have, I have a good story about this song. Ooh, let's well, hear that, it. that Mike here told them relating to you. So early on in the band, uh, there was a guitar player who joined with you know, a guitar in their second record. He would break strings all the time. So when Tom, their guitar player, would break strings, Tom would have to think of a story, or him and Yuri, the, I know all their names, um, him and the drummer play something, but he would always play this sort of, like, during the story, or, you know. Uh-huh. And so uh, that's where the song came up with, and when he comes into the record space, or the you know practice space, like, guys, I just wrote a song, it's going to be a hit, and... um. You know, I guess I guess Chicken Magnet was a hit. <laughs> I mean, interesting. Yeah. Um, 
But, I think the base. I mean, the base sounds really cool on this one. It's really well produced. Mm-hmm. Um, there the lyrics are kind of weird on this one too. Yeah, because oh, like he's yeah. he's a chick magnet. He's doing all this stuff, but man, he's gonna have to stop once he gets a girlfriend. Yeah. Well, also one of the things I've always is that I don't know he was a chick magnet. That this thing this guy does. Um, but be fair, I don't really chick magnets, but. I don't know, like, like, I, I can, I can only imagine. Okay, I've never, I've written songs for girls when they've asked me to, but mm-hmm. I can't imagine just writing poetry for them. It's like, yeah, and that that really gets them going. They want, they want to be with him, <laughs> and he has smooth shoes. So I mean, smooth shoes right of away. Course. Um, uh, tight hair, <laughs> and uh, cool tattoos. I can kind of see that, but uh, you know, it's. So the, the 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 video for it is actually pretty funny, right? Um, it's uh, Mike and Tom singing at a booth at a restaurant, and their their drummer, who's a goofy looking fellow as it is, is going around like doing magic tricks and shit for girls, and they're all falling over him, and it's uh-huh. just a goofy looking dude, which is fun. It's a funny video, but this song, uh, and it's a fine song. It's whatever, but um, <laughs> it's it's definitely like it, it's definitely like the least um. Cringy song. I, mm, it's not. It's not. We gotten through. I think most cr- most cringy songs most most of the way, right? You it's not like the most obviously cringy. Yeah. It's the stuff's really weird. Like it kind of comes off as like a, I don't know, like a haha gotcha or a like waiting for the other shoe to drop thing of like, oh man, this guy thinks he's crazy now, but. He he can't do this while he has a girlfriend, and it's like, <laughs> I mean, he's not supposed to, but like he can probably still do this while he has a girlfriend. Like it seems very weird of like, oh, he is in for a surprise when he's going steady. Yeah, yeah, like and like he's himself <laughs> down. He's apparently been been through girl after girl, and none of them are right for him. And he's even got to the point of writing them poetry about this girl, and he's like, no, nah, not not for me. <laughs> like like. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a it was a weird one, but not it's I don't think it was cringy, just kind of weird. Then we get into today is in my way, which is mm-hmm. exactly what it sounds like. Um <laughs> uh you know, one of the most uh cliche a, a um thing a, a artist writer can do uh is write a song that has cry and why like as as they as they rhyme it, and yep. especially wonder why, because that oh, man, when I you wonder. wonder why they never give you the reason what they're wondering, what the conclusion they came to, they just sit there and wonder, and that's what fucking this <laughs> song is. You sit there and wonder why did he write it. It's a today is in his way, <laughs> and if he can't make it through today, how will he get to tomorrow? Well, today is in his way. He'll never get there if if he didn't get his shit together. Apparently, but um, but this song's about basically um. Uh, it sounds like this girl broke up with him, mm-hmm. and he can't understand why. He's just so nice, but Which, then that part's a little but, but, confusing but, to me. But the end, because he he's says focus he, so much on the past, but he's like, but it's today that's in my way. And yeah. it's like, no, dude, it's like yesterday or last year that's in your way. But You're he, focused on the past. He just gets the problem where he says, "I deserve all that I get." Serves me right, I will admit. What did he do that's so wrong that made this girl dump him? Exactly. Yeah, and that's what we really need to know. I think he was just not being Christian enough. 
I think that's good. Yeah. He was... Which, uh, it's funny that you mentioned earlier that he had thanked Bad Religion uh, in their stuff, because I feel like this song, he is channeling his Bad Religion voice. Oh, is it in your Greg Graffin? <laughs> yeah, that's his name. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Old Greggy. Old Greggy. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you guys like Bad Religion, check out Suffer. Suffer's awesome. Or No Control. No Control is my favorite. Or or um, even parts of a, of a Strangers in Fiction is pretty good, too. Or like maybe like the first three songs on The Empire Strikes First. Or a lot of Process of Belief. Yeah. They're, Bad Religion's an okay band. Yeah, and I great- don't think... I, I don't know if they're anyone's favorite punk band, um, but mm. they're, I know they're good people. to kind of have in the rotation. Yeah, I mean, Suffers... Uh, it's like the song that No Effects says they base their. That's how uh, Mike, uh, Fat Mike, get good at singing was by singing along to Bad Religion. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Sorry, so sorry. Um, you know what? Actually, uh, a song in here that has a clear message. Uh, is that is that, that I can? That's me. Okay. <laughs> a lot of wee woos. I will. I'll wait for him to go by. <laughs> okay. So actually. A song uh, that I think has a clear message that doesn't get muddled, mm-hmm. um, but also like a good message. I think there is, you know, importance in saying sorry when you're wrong, accepting that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, good message. Still reads as music for children, mm-hmm. but I think I think the the sentiment here is good because it's not something that's said nearly enough. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you know. Uh... Talking about how you should have apologized, right? Yeah, Ap- apologize if you're wrong. Don't be, don't be an asshole and pretend yeah. like you're right. Yeah, it does sound like a song. They tweak the words a little bit, and it could be a uh, a acoustic song for children done by the Wibbles. Yeah, yeah. Or don't tweak the lyrics at all, and then just make it slower. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Then we get into my favorite song on the record that Doing I have time. some of the worst. Problems with one of the lyrics. We'll get to it though. Oh but, really? Yeah. So uh, this song is about. Apparently, he used to be a bad kid. Now he's not a bad kid. He went to school. He's a. Uh, now he's happy to be out of school. He did yeah. Time. But like, did you see that really like deep thing he did though? What's that? Well, doing time. I mean, that's oh. like, that's oh, yeah. like prison. But no. Um. But he went to school. So like, school is like prison. Oh man. Isn't it? <laughs> so I'm gonna go through this line. I'm gonna say yeah, what I'm it. gonna tell you what Mike says and what what the lyrics say on here. Okay. I got through. It, I feel fine. I went to school in dim time, and since I'm out and since I'm free, this is what Mike says. Today, what I want to be, right? Mm-hmm. The lyrics say, "Today, I'm what I want to be." Me and my brother had listened to that part of the song probably seventy times and repeated it, and it doesn't make sense today. Well, today, I'm what I want to be. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, cause he does, he clearly said, I'm what I want to be. He says today, what I want to be. I tried to hear the I'm, uh, or uh, it's like for a while it said to do what I want to be. We're like, what the fuck does that mean? So, right. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, and it's, 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 it's in probably two just like, ah, they'll read the lyrics. They'll know what I say. And it, it bothers me. It bothers me a lot. <laughs> cause it does not say today. I am what I want to be. He does not say that at all. But anyway, that's the only problem I have with the song. I like the song quite a lot. I like the, I like the uh, octave melody at the beginning. 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I like a lot. This song is uh, minute twenty four. It's fast. It's it's catchy. But it's, yeah, they finally realized that they can do shorter than three minute songs, right? And it's a good song too. It's my favorite song on the record. Yeah, this one was good. Yeah. So good, good job, MXPX. And the video is pretty cool. It's just like the black and white video in their garage, you know, and they were wearing like mm-hmm. beanies and stuff because of cold, I guess, in, in Washington. <laughs> and um, right. And that's pretty cool. Um, but we'll move on to the next one. That's uh, just under two, just over two and a half minutes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Which is the name of the mm-hmm. song? Not telling you to correct me. Um, I this was so a, you had said earlier. Okay. Um, so hold on. That I think it was with Andrea. That was the last time they maybe blatantly mentioned God. But yeah, just what do you think he's? What book do you think he's yeah. talking about when he says? You've already found a book with all your with all the an- with the answers to all your questions. What book do you think he's talking about? Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's talking about the Bible, right? Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> because whoever it is keeps asking him questions about whaling. Yeah, and he in knots and how you're going to tie the knots to keep the ship from floating away. And uh, you're right, man. This song is the the book is the Bible, and I can tell you, I'm not going to get political here, guys. It's not the show, but the Bible reads. Yeah, if you want to listen to our politics episode, I think that's yeah. episode thirteen. No, uh, politics like four or five episodes back. It was a good episode. <laughs> but, it's um, worth checking out. Yeah, so the book in here is talking about the Bible. Uh, to me, the Bible raises more questions than answers. Anyway, whatever. Um, so it sounds like he's harboring. He's the one that's going to tell this person about the book, and you found it already. It's in your bookshelf at home. I do is it up, up, pal. You'll find out everything you're looking for. And that's what it's yeah, about. Yeah, why are you asking me questions? You're the turn lane. I'm the intersection. Okay? And I'm going to intersect and show you, hey. And you know what? I know the book's a little serious, but but make sure you still have fun. And and to take pride in what you do. And I, I, re- I really, I, you know, it says that you I know you do what's right for you. That's right. You'll find the book and you'll you'll be happy. Yeah, you'll you'll laugh. You'll be proud. It's I mean it. It's just so inspiring. The yeah. Bible's cool. <laughs> I love that um, that line uh, that Hard Times post that says um, youth group knows the guy's pretty punk too, and his name's Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I wrong. bet I bet the lead singer of MXPX would turn his chair around and sit backwards so he could rap with some kids. Yeah, yeah. It, he'll, what he'll do is he'll turn his chair around and also turn his hat around backwards if he's wearing a hat. That's how, that's how they'd know he was cool. Yeah, but turn his hat backwards. Which um, brings us into the worst song on the record. Crystalina? Yeah, Crystalina, yeah, she's so cool. Crystalina, I had so little to say about this song. Okay, it was how- all just like, hey, it's about a... a Guy who has a crush on a girl and the girl doesn't notice him or like him, but well, here, man, he sure wishes she did. Here, here's the poem. Uh, so it starts out with Crystalina. She's so cool. Crystalina, she's out of control. Half the time, you don't know where she's at. Crystalina, don't much about that. This girl sounds like a fucking nightmare. Like, like, <laughs> like someone you like, you had to babysit the whole time, and like, um, and uh, and he wants to be with Crystalina. I don't know fucking why. She sounds like a nightmare to me, and um. I bet, I bet he is projecting something on this poor girl. Like she's I like a manic pixie not, girl or something. Yeah, I bet it's something like she probably likes weed or something, and he's like, "Oh, she doesn't even know where she's at, but she's hot." 
Yeah, she's hot. And I like that. Like, that's the only value he puts on her is like, wow, she's attractive. But man, I sure wish she didn't do drugs. Well, he knows her. And she know, he knows where he's seen her. Apparently, yeah. according to Chorus. But she doesn't like this dude him. sounds creepy. He, yeah, yeah. He's he's projecting too, too much morality onto her. Like, <laughs> he's a weird dude. No wonder he had trouble holding down a girlfriend. I know. I know. But we'll move on from Crystal because uh, neither you or I had that much to say about the song, and it's the worst song on the record to me. Yeah. Um, believe me, I know all the words of every single song on this record. <laughs> um, <laughs> Destroyed by You is the next song. I'm saying a lot. The same mm-hmm. last song. Um, that I don't have much to say about the song either. I'm going to be honest. It's, it's This one, it felt like... So punk is a very kind of like political and kind of like there, there's a lot of I think like morality in it not necessarily like religious morality but just like hey it's shitty to be shitty to people or you know fuck the status quo things like right. that uh-huh. the morality on this song for a lot of the album was a lot of like it felt like a lot of like social contract morality like you know just you be nice to people you should have really good manners and that that's kind of what I was getting. I felt like I was getting from this one was there was a lot of just like uh, uphold normal social conventions. Yeah, it's it's not very punk, is it? No. <laughs> well, I wonder what the he said. So much went on tonight. What so much went on? Where was he? That so much went on that that he did something that he shouldn't have done. You know, the youth group is popping, man. Oh yeah, he. I think he always says he he went outside uh, to, to give you know. A fresh air, and there was a girl sitting out there, and he was like, "He's like, um, you know what? Maybe we should hang out more." She's like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, we should hang out." She's like, "I we never talked to me before." And he's like, "But like, but you know, like you're a guy, I'm a girl. It could be fun." And she and she'd be like, "Okay, I'm out of here." And that's me. That's what happened. Is that he? I don't know, man. It's just. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't and know that what destroyed happened. him. That but, uh, yeah, absolutely destroyed, destroyed by him. you. Who destroyed him? Was it yourself, even? Maybe it was. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, then we finally get on to the last song of the record. It's about how awesome being a tour is. <laughs> I know, in stark contrast <laughs> yeah. to uh, New York to nowhere. Yeah, so it's all the same, same old town. That's fine by me. There's only one place he wants to be. It's southbound on I-5. And he's driving. Yeah, he's well, maybe maybe this is less about being on tour and more just like you're cruising with your friends. You're pumping tunes. Yeah. You're cruising. The you're hairs. having fun, <laughs> but it's it's wholesome fun. Don't worry. We're driving the speed limit. The windows are down. We wouldn't put down the convertible top because no. my dad said I can't do that. But uh, you know what my you know, the guitar player is doing? He's sticking his arm at the window and he's moving his arm up and down so it feels like his arm's fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the guy in the 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 drummer, you know, he's doing this the the pull down thing to the uh, semis going by. Yeah, chan, chan. Uh, so they'll make yeah, so they'll make the toot toot sound. And then I get a little, and then he gets a little bit of a uh, of road hypnosis by staring at the white lines on the side of the road, which is uh, not exactly. Yeah, and, but that you know, there's no place you'd rather be though, Southbound I five. But then he says he's got to get back to a place of style, which apparently is Bremerton, Washington. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's got to get back to the beach in the sun and I, I don't know about you but I heard that I, I, I've not seen a lot of beaches in Washington maybe they're awesome maybe they are but uh, I don't they, it's it's really pretty up in Washington I've been I've been to Seattle I mean it's nice 
I haven't. I've only seen pictures. Oh yeah. So uh, I don't have to talk about Seattle much, but I remember at, like I went there and um, it was it only rained once over there. We were there for like four days, and mm-hmm. I remember one of my favorite memories. I got up, uh, I met up with my friend Jareth and Christina while we were there, and we got um, I had fish on the shore of some giant lake. I forget the name of. It was in Seattle, and it was sunny and beautiful, mm-hmm. and I never felt more at peace in my life than sitting there with my my fiance, and at the time, fiance now, my wife, guys, and um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I felt. Anyway, this is about the song "Stop on Five. So this song actually has a pretty cool ending. Um, so the, it starts out you know, like most uh, MXPX songs, you know, the half fast beat he's talking, mm-hmm. but then it ends with a a clean outro. There's drums that are pretty fast. There's a, a bass line, but then the guitar is just playing clean with this yeah. cute little melody it's got going on. And um, I like that. I know how to play that on guitar still. Nice. <laughs> it's easy as fuck to play. The muscle memory is burned in. Yeah. But uh, South Pound of Fighting, that's not, and it, it's a good, and as much shit as we talked about this record, guys, I like this record. Is my dog screaming? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, okay, that's my dog. That's my brother's dog. It's not my dog. No, you don't have a dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, this song, uh, it, it's a good way to end the record. The record ends fine with that, I think. Right. <sighs> but um, yeah, that's Life in Journal XPX. I want to, again, give a discomfort. I like this record, guys. I enjoy this. Um, but the lyrics are, like, looking back on it as a 34-year-old man, so 20 years after I first listened to it, it's not. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's the, it's, I, it's the third uh, record. It's the third record, um, and my favorite of the five I listened to. <laughs> and, um, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's my mixed chance is Life in Journal from 1996. Um, you can find on Spotify if you like it, and you have and you think it's fine. Email us and we'll we'll fight about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, well, you'll agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'll fight. Yeah, you'll fight. Uh, but you want to talk about a band? Another year, what you chose? Yeah, so I think we both took a very similar course to this, which was what did I listen to when I was 14? And honestly, when you're 14, everything you listen to kind of hits deep if it's <laughs> like... Because it's, you know, it's the first time you're feeling kind of angsty the first time like oh music can be sad you know i was listening to too much backstreet boys before this <laughs> they were back all right and you know i didn't i didn't know anything about that uh before this but i went with keeping with the pop punk theme i went with blink 182's self-titled or as i was corrected earlier today it is actually untitled oh yeah um from 2003, so it came out when I was 13, and I think I listened to it when I was 14 or mm-hmm. when I was 13, um, and I thought it was very deep. Oh, I thought, you, yeah, yeah, I figured you're like like four years younger than me or five years younger than me. So, mm-hmm. how, how old are you now? Uh, 30. You're 30. Okay, so did you? By the way, uh, I didn't do this, but did you put a big significance on turning 30? Not really, because yeah. it happened during uh, COVID. Oh, so okay. it's like I couldn't even do... If I wanted to do something crazy, I couldn't. 
anyway. Okay, well, I I, I was one of the people. I that, went camping. Uh, I was one of the people that a few people, my friends or people that I knew, they were like, "30s like a biggest deal." And I'm like, "It's just another year for me. Like it's it's whatever." Yeah. I'm, I'm trying not no, to focus no, on age too much. Yeah, no quarter life crisis or third life crisis. Oh. No. Uh, maybe it was because I didn't have anyone around me going like, ooh, the big 3-0. Yeah. I, I, I remember I went and saw Joyce Manor when I was like uh-huh. 31, and I was the youngest guy there. I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. Am I going <laughs> to do this? And I'm like, whatever, I'm, I'm enjoying myself watching this band. But there were yeah, people exactly. like, there was a band come out in the audience and start like watching the bands before them, and kids would come there and be like, oh my God, can I, can I get a picture? They're like, sure, man. Let's so get pictures and stuff. And one of the things I remember at that show is there was this couple in the back, and they had their kid with them. Uh huh. And the, the the this they were asking the kid was like, I guess a fan of Joyce Meyer, but I think his parents were, and they, they were asking like the kid like, "What's your favorite song on this?" And she was like, "Heart Tattoo," and he's like, "Yeah, Heart Tattoo is a pretty good song." And I was like, and for some reason, me and my wife couldn't stand this couple. We have no clue why. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, know what? you guys are the cool couple. They're the lame couple. Yeah, Blink One Eight Two is untitled. Let's go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was yeah. It's oh yeah. It, this yeah. was just one of those ones. You know, you it hits you just right, right as your angst starts to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think. P- pretend for a second. I'm pretending. That, um, no one knows who Blink One Eight Two is. How would you say? What would you say about them? Uh, I mean, honestly, I'd just say they're like a they're like a pop punk band, often with kind of some like juvenile lyrics. Except for this record, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, this like, one was kind of so, a this yeah. one was a deep one. Blink went to uh, in the nineties. Um, they had Cheshire Cat, and then was it Dude Rants after that? I think so, or Buddha. Okay, so I think it was Cheshire Cat Buddha. Dude Ranch with that, that song Damn It, which I still know how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. And then their big breakthrough record, um, part, Enema of the State. Enema of the State. And you can get that mm-hmm. with the name. And then of Take it. Off Your Pants and Jacket. Yeah. And then finally. And then this one. Yeah. And this is the first song, our first record, I think, that they don't really have any joke songs on. Right? They don't, no. This one was, it was also recorded in kind of an interesting way where I think everything was recorded separately and they were just kind of like sending files back and forth to each other and then like building on everything. Mm. So every, everything was recorded in each individual's like studio and written separately. I, I wonder how that would, I mean, okay, cool. Right. This is how it turned out. So do you want to um, listen to the sample and then get into it? Yeah, let's do that. I think there there's more stuff is a little bit better in context after you listen to the album. So we'll, we'll listen through it and then we'll talk about it. All right. And you can find the blink 22, uh, self-titled or untitled on Spotify or anywhere you get music. So here we go. I got a regret right now. I'm feeling this. There is some cold
So I didn't, all right. So I didn't, that was. I didn't realize, by the way, that you were a ninety. You got your old man blanket yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> got my old man blanket on and my hot snake. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. The only thing keeping me alive in this cold room. <laughs> So um all right so that was Blink 182's Untitled. So um I remember this coming out. I'm actually remember going to Best Buy and buying it. That's how that's how mm-hmm. I bought the edited version. Oh, at Walmart, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm. When did you listen when did you listen to the unedited version? Uh pretty find in- recently, I think. Uh, Cuz uh, I fell off pretty hard uh from Blink 182 for a really long time and then like got back into them again recently really okay that's interesting mm-hmm. i because I, I listened to um in the state not too long ago or not before, too long before you pulled this topic so i was like oh okay yeah oh um, nice yeah um but yeah so um honestly like i picked this one and really any of my i'm 14 and this is the ones that i would have gone with because I expected to i expected to like hop back into it and be like oh my god my old taste was so embarrassing uh, but I still like really like this album. Yeah, like, I don't think it's as good as I did when I was fourteen. Um, but it's like significantly better than I expected it to be. Hopping back into it in your in your thirties, yeah, it's it's or like your thirties. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's um, still my thirties. Yeah, huh? It yeah, it's still my thirties. Yeah, yeah, okay, I guess you're right. All right, so um, <laughs> this this one's not near as cringy as uh MXPX's Life in General. Mostly because they're not they're not being they're not they're not being cornered in this this Christian bubble I think or this Christian. right and so they they had the and they by this time they're known as these uh, potty mouth um, twenty year olds and when this when this was released um all the members in the band were about thirty years old um yeah that sounds about right I did the math actually <laughs> 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 um but uh. Let's, do you want to go track for track and we'll talk about it a little bit? First, I want to, I do want to make prefaces that the drums in this thing are fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Travis, everyone says, like, Travis Barker's a really good drummer, and I do often feel like he's kind of held back by being in a pop-punk thing. Mm-hmm. But on this album, he's really able to kind of show off uh, how good he actually Even is. Even the drums are mixed well. Like, they, they, they're there, and they're present, and they're hit hard, and they're perfect. Yeah. Um, let's get down feeling, feel just feeling this, right? Feeling this, when, yeah. When I first heard this song, um, this is by the way I listened to. I owned this record for a little bit, and then it disappeared. I think ex girlfriend stole it or something. Anyway, um, rude. I know, right? But I had it on my iPod, so fuck her. <laughs> but um, um, not like uh, when I listened to this, I was like, I was like, this is really different than what Blink have done before. Before it's a, it's a different. It's a divisive record, I think, for a lot of Blink fans. Maybe. I feel like a lot of people do like this, but uh, that does kind of come across one of the things I wrote down was oftentimes, uh, you'll hear it often on our podcasts, I will say something like, man, once something gets popular, I wish they would use their, whatever, their success to try new things. Right, and I think that that probably got planted in my head with this album, because this is Blink One Eighty Two trying different stuff. Like they're they're experimenting. They're going way out, not way outside their bubble. It's still very recognizably Blink One Eighty Two, but they're trying a lot of new stuff on here to keep it fresh. They're not just treading old old stuff to stay relevant, to stay popular, to 
you know, give the people what they want. It's like this this feels very much like an album that Blink One Eighty Two wanted to make, and they could have very easily just not even called it Blink One Eighty Two, and you wouldn't have even known. Yeah, and the thing is about this uh, record, and and comparing it to the previous records, because by the time after all the small things came out, that there became a single that crossed over to pop hits, and I'm sure there's a kids' pop version of it somewhere. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I feel like, um, I feel like, you know, it's, you're right. Like after take off your pants and jacket, this, this is them going, Hey man, uh, we're going to just make a record that we feel like we want to make. And they made this mm-hmm. and, and it's, um, it's probably their strongest record. I think it's their most mature. It's not yeah. my favorite of theirs. We'll, um, we'll get to that, right? What your favorite is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, can, can I say something real quick about, about their current lineup? Yeah. So, I mean, so Tom DeLong uh, got, he says that he left the band in 2015. Mm-hmm. But his plan was always to come back. Anyway, but but right now, uh, Matt Skiba of Alkaline Trio is taking the place of Tom in this band. And uh, I, I don't know if you ever listened to Alkaline Trio. Did you? No, not really. That's too bad, man. I still love Alkaline Trio. I still like they have still have some bigger songs, but he sounds nothing like Tom DeLonge. And we'll talk about Tom's voice in this record in, the, in this. But let's start with feeling this. Feeling this, yeah. Um, it's got kind of like a a breakdown of summer love, I guess. Just like it's intense, but it's really short. Um, he's either talking about fucking like he wants to fuck big time or oh yeah oh no for sure okay. he does because it's these these short term kind of love f- summer fling things are very short very passionate uh, but fate fell short this time and the smile fades in the summer and he please your hand in my I'll leave when I want a bitch but um, <laughs> but uh, no like yeah this song's basically uh, it's about like lustful feelings that are fleeting right and yeah and um, I I the, the one of the things I loved about this song is, and the whole record really is the um the melodies they do together, uh, Tom or the harmonies that Tom and Do- and Mark do together. Oh yeah, the, it's fantastic. Like 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 there's like especially the end of this song, I was like, holy shit! Like like that that's that's hard to do. I think. I mean, yeah, I and it works really well. And they're all like singing like different things. In in the um, in the guitars in this, this is the first song I heard of Blink on the radio or like that I couldn't play right away. <laughs> you know, oh, what yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, I don't have a flange pedal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like, <laughs> but it was. I mean, this is a really neat. Not want to say neat. This is a really cool song. Um, right. I mean, yeah, I think so. I like like I said, they're doing a lot of really interesting things on this album that you wouldn't expect from a goofy pop pop-punk band. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to move on to the next song? Yeah, we'll move into Obvious, uh, which starts really cool. It kind of starts with these, like, really heavy opening chords. Like, this song could very easily kind of drift off into, like, a 90s alternative hard rock kind of thing. One of my favorite things about this song is the bridge where they stop it. Like, they stop that big stop, and you think that song's over, and it mm-hmm. doesn't. It's not over, I guess. <laughs> um, I, it's a, it's a really cool song. Um, it, it, and it's it's a, I think it's one of their singles, right? Uh, maybe I didn't look up what were the singles on here. I only know the the big one. 
so I was listening to it, um, uh, not on the headphones, just that you know, on the open. My brother was like starting to sing along with him. He's like, I like this song. Like, I like this song too. Yeah, yeah. I was I was really surprised how much I like popping back into this album. Yeah, I mean, it's one I kind of avoided just because it was like, man, I was embarrassing and angsty when I was younger, and I really, I really don't know what I would listen to back then. Let's talk, let's talk about angst for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, in my high school years, I was angsty. I was also um, uh, depressed, lovelorn, and everything was a fucking disaster. Like, like, uh-huh. like to me, like if something bad happened, it was a disaster, right? Right. Um, I'm still so I'm not not so depressed anymore, but I'm still pissed off and mm-hmm. i don't know why i don't <laughs> wonder why because that's that's what kids do <laughs> but uh you know like I, i've become more angry angry at the world i guess has become older maybe i'm cynical yeah i'm jaded i don't know but mm-hmm. uh i feel like i've more embraced punk stuff like i mean i've i've listened to punk rock and stuff like that since high school but i've more embraced the like uh you know fuck social norms i'm gonna get really invested in politics and shit kind yeah. of thing in my later years yeah. than i did when i was younger so i actually i uh i did volunteering uh for registering people to vote in texas uh-huh which is ridiculous um, but uh, in 2004 when john Kerry was running for president i wrote I worked for this organization called music for america the reason i did it is because i got to go to shows for free but uh-huh. uh but then again they all tell you, you run a booth so, um, <laughs> so I, I, I went to a few shows. I went to see a band called the Long Winters that were playing Denton, and I, I had to I talk to the bouncer at the door. And they wouldn't let me in. I'm like, go, go, go find, go find the uh, guitar player for the Long Winters, and then they let us in after the guy came to the door and said, "No, that's cool. They're with us." And the, the bouncer gave me a stink eye when I came in. <laughs> the Long Winters, as in Bean Dad, the Long Winters. What are you talking about? You don't know Bean Dad? It's the original meme of 2021. I need to look this. Let me up. make. Sh- let me make sure. I'm pretty sure it is. Um. Yeah. Uh. The the lead singer of the Long Winter. John Rush. Should look up Bean Dad. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Look up. Look up Bean Dad. He he basically. Oh shit! That this, is him. Yeah, he wrote this thing on Twitter about how. Um, it was supposed to be like a good parenting moment where basically his kid asked for food and he's like, okay, you can have beans, open the can of beans. And his kid couldn't figure out how to open the can of beans. So his kid didn't, he didn't let his kid eat for six hours. What in the fuck? <laughs> because he would not teach his kid how to open a can of beans. He's like, no, you need to figure out how to use a can opener. So instead of simply showing your child who relies on you to eat uh, how to use this tool, uh, he just gave it to her and was like, yeah, here. What the actual fuck, dude? I didn't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> that is, so that happened, like, the first few days of 2021. Like, he's the original, he's the first meme, big talked about thing of 2021. So Sorry, we got way off track. But, Bean Dad. Um, <laughs> but John Roderick, uh, he... Was the lead singer of the Long Winters. I like the, the Long Winters is Sean Nelson of Harvey Danger. Who, and if you listen to the podcast, I'm a big nerd about Harvey Danger. But uh, he was in that band for a little bit. But it, oh, nice. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but what we were talking about angst, uh, angst, whatever. voting. Yeah, but yeah, so, yeah I got people. I registered people to vote. I sent, I gave them information and ran booth, and it was fun. <laughs> but, <laughs> 
so one thing I thought was kind of cool about Obvious, yeah. uh, the current song we were talking about on yeah. Blink 182's two Untitled, Blink 182's Untitled, not Blink 182. Um, <laughs> the song kind of feels like it's in like two parts. Like you have the opening bit and then the end part like about the halfway point, it's like a completely different song. Yeah, that's one of the things I do want to mention is that it seems to call back to Damn It, where he says, I knew you fucked him again. Because in that song, he goes, Did you hear he fucked her? And I was like, What? But, um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, this, uh, but yeah, this, this is a cool song. I actually obvious quite a bit. And there's yeah, not, there's too. not any lyrics I can point out that are like this shitty because they're not really. No, I feel like I I really expected to come back into this thing and be like, oh man, those sad lyrics are going to be so so embarrassing, and they they really weren't. I think um, they they do something on this album uh, that like they're still kind of playing in the Blink One Eighty Two thing that they kind of fall into of like we're going to talk about very general experiences. They talk about school a lot. There's there's some experiences in this album. Uh, specifically uh, that are kind of like autobiographical, but for the most part, Blink-182 is like, eh, we kind of talk about you know, human stuff. Like, this is stuff that happens. But in this album, instead of, like, focusing on the fun stuff, like, they everything kind of has that twinge of, like, sadness. Of Undercur- an awkward thing happened, under- but it's or raining. Under- or undercurrent of darkness, even. Um, yeah, they say darkness one song here lot. that's fucking <laughs> super dark, and it doesn't sound dark until you read the lyrics. Um, oh, yeah. We'll definitely get to that one. Yeah. So I want to talk about I Miss You. Yeah, which I would say is the famous one, the infamous one. Oh, yeah, infamous, because if you go on YouTube and you look up I Miss You, one of the results is verse two for two hours, looped. Yeah. Uh, it's this, sung this, in such a weird way. And this is, the, this is where people will realize that Tom DeLong, is that how you say DeLong or DeLong? I, I don't even Tom know. Tom in this band <laughs> might be fucking crazy. Um. By the way, he fucking is. He's insane. This and not like uh-huh. insane like Axl Rose is insane, but legit like Aliens and Men in Black insane. Like, like he yeah. Was, but he, uh, and through his work, got the government to admit that UFOs are real and release <laughs> some, some like footage of UFOs. I want to tell a quick story, and this yeah. is just a personal thing. Um, but uh, so Tom along, uh, he went on Joe Rogan's podcast. And after let the podcast, they let they kept on running, and they just clowned him for a good hour and a half. Him and the engineer just clowned. Well, he was gone. He left already, right? And, uh-huh. and then a couple months later, this because Tom said they, they were at least some some uh, videos that were very incriminating about UFOs. And a couple months later, they were released. And then a couple months after that, the Pentagon was like, "Yeah, that's real." And uh, Joe Rogan ate his words. He was like. Okay, I guess I guess I was wrong. <laughs> but um yeah, okay, I miss you. <laughs> um Right. It's a good song. It's a it's a fine song. It's whatever. Um It's got a real real catchy chorus. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows the song and the video's kind of like like a Tim Burton, like like if we're new video sort of but not yeah. quite yeah, it's it's this is this one. I think is. I mean, it, there's a lot of kind of like sadness on this album, but I feel like this song's kind of like the obligatory sad Blink One Eighty Two song. Every one of their, every single one of their albums needs to have kind of like that sad song. They've got um, 
was it Diary of a Lonely Guy on Take Off Your Pants and Jacket? They got Adam's song on Enema of the State. And they got I Miss You on this one, even so, though most of this is pretty sad. I want to mention that this song does have a kind of unconventional sound song structure because uh-huh. um, they had two verses, and then they don't get to the chorus, and they just do the chorus for the song. So that's kind of weird. It has an instrumental break. has a cello. It's um, it's a good song. I just, I'll say yeah, this. Yeah, it's, it's really... it. A lot of the songs in here are just really interesting. They're playing around with structure, adding in different instruments. Um, but, but you speaking know, the, of, the thing about Tom uh, is, though, is that yeah. he likes talking about the webs of all the spiders catching things in their insides. If you listen to that, you're like, what the fuck is it? What cadence is that? It sounds fucking weird. The whole, yeah. whole <laughs> his whole verse is. And, and I, I, can, I can do it, but I'm, I can only do it when I'm singing along with it. I can't do it on the microphone. Right. But he, I, and even the way he sings the uh, the chorus, where it's like, uh, "You're already the voice inside my yed." Yeah, yeah, that's how I do. Uh, you're already the voice inside my yed, and I'm like, "What?" It's a yed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to know what a yed is. Maybe it's a an alien he met. But um, <laughs> but yeah, this, this is a good song. I'm making. I know we're making fun of it, but it's a, a genuinely good song, and you've heard it for sure. Like if you oh, have, yeah. if you if you haven't. Where have you been? It's it's almost as as talked about or listened to as probably uh, not even uh, Mr. Brightside maybe right like like I don't know Mr. Brightside was on like the freaking top of the charts for like the longest time like a year and a half or something maybe I, I think it holds the record maybe it's still on there I don't know probably, yeah <laughs> some say it's still on the charts these days yeah. <laughs> Uh, Which brings us to the next song, Violence, which opens with kind of they're starting to expand the uh, percussion palette. It's got like clave and snaps and like a shuffling sound. Yeah, but that's true. This one, um, it's a it. It also deals with things like depression, alcoholism, which Mm -hmm. which is the first song. Six balls went down the drain. You're like, whoa. You'll never hear that in a Max Felix record ever, ever. Nope. <laughs> um, but they can't uh, reference that there was alcohol, alcohol or drugs <laughs> or sex. But um, with this one, it's it it does seem like um, it's hooky. This uh, like I want to say that almost every song on this record is hooky, and that's mm-hmm. the thing that people love about McCoy uh, too. They are a in in essence, and I don't want to say they're not punk because they they can be punk. But they're also a pop band. Um, yeah, without, they, they embody po- both parts of pop and punk in a pop punk album. Yeah, and so the, they can't avoid the hit hooks. Not that they, it, not that they can't write good unhooky stuff. But I think that's just the way they operate. They're uh, yeah. I mean, they're really good at choruses mm-hmm. um, and yeah, hooks in general. Um, the like verse part is a little weird because it's kind of spoken word mm-hmm. with like a poltergeist sounding second track happening at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. I like that quite a bit. Um, um, it's also, I I had maybe not like issues with the lyrics on this one, but like the main line in here in the chorus is like, like violence, you have me forever and after. Those are really strong words. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, I don't, I really don't know. Um, I feel like, I'm sure there's something there that I'm missing, but it's like a 
I don't feel like an inherent quality of violence is that it has something mm-hmm. for a long time. So comparing yeah, using it, that, using that simile doesn't make sense to me either. It's um, yeah. it's, it sounds like it just sounds cool, right? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like it, it's very strong words that sound nice that uh, doesn't quite make a whole lot of sense to me. But the whole records, the whole song, the actual verses are pretty dark. Um, yeah, I mean it's about drinking and depression, and then you know, uh, it's just it's kind of sad. I mean, it's a sad song. Mm-hmm. And you know, Blink Blink Two, they have really good sad songs, right? Like, but they're they're great at sad songs. They're like, there's a few of the their sad songs that I just still don't listen to. Like what? Too sad. Adam, Adam song's song, too sad for me. Adam song. Is? Adam song too sad. I, I learned that shit on guitar like this the, like the second time I heard it. I'm like, I went online great to find song, taps. Too sad. Yeah, yeah. I still yeah. can't. I still can't play it. I still don't know how to play it. <laughs> um, like I've gotten oh, all these. Song... I've gotten all these. Um, all these. All these songs, like I didn't drop D like you should have, and I I didn't uh-huh. I didn't um I'm like I'm like this doesn't sound right. I'm playing I'm like this doesn't sound right, and I just gave up because I think it's two guitars and there's octaves in it that I don't play octaves fine, but I just I, did, I think it didn't think it sounded right. Anyway, I, yeah, but yeah, uh, but this song on Spotify I think it's listed as like an interlude, which I don't think on like the actual version of it's listed as an interlude. You uh, well, it's no the the end oh, of the, violence has the uh, like the spoken word yeah, yeah. thing with the piano playing and I mean spoken word is deep yeah it is and it's yeah it's uh it says a lot or it's it's either the end of this song or it's they labeled it as like the Stockholm syndrome interlude but because yeah, that starts out a little bit later after that like the, the interlude starts out pretty late into the actual interlude it's so yeah I think it's just the way the track hosting went. From one day to mm-hmm. um, we can talk a, talk a little bit about Stockholm Syndrome interlude. And the, by the way, I've never found the, the, the actual um, notes on this record on Genius spot on because they fucking give you like site sources and shit or st- direct quotes from the, from the Blink or you know Tom or Mark. And apparently, this Stockholm Syndrome interlude is just it's uh, Mark Hoff's grandmother. Uh, reading a letter that her husband sent her during World War Two. Oh wow! Yeah, and he's and so that in her Mark Hoppus' grandmother apparently was English, because <laughs> she unless she was putting on a pretty fucking convincing accent, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we're American. What do we know about accents? What do we know? Right? Uh, <laughs> you know who has the worst American accent as the actors? And I think that are not from um, U.S. It's a uh, it's Liam Neeson. Yeah, his is pretty bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Not, not. I mean, it's I like, just because he has such a distinct voice. Yeah, you're right. Like, and also, he also 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 almost always whispers something. Like, yeah. like, like you know that that scene that that pitiful scene in Taken where he says, "I will find you and I'll kill you." You know, he's supposed to be like an American dad guy, but it, yeah, but he just sounds terrifying, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I I want to feel that actually memorize that for a moment and I just break it out every now and then. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, just I'm in sorry. case. Yeah, Stockholm Syndrome interlude. Uh, it's cool. Yeah, it's now a- Stockholm Syndrome proper. Yeah, yeah. So, which is my favorite song on the record, by the way. Oh, nice. I yeah. think it's a good, good favorite to have. Yeah. Um, uh, this is where I kind of started to notice. There's a lot of lyrics about like darkness and stuff on this album. Um, you know, he's got the lyric in there about being afraid of the dark. Yeah. Uh, chuggy pop punk riffs show up. 
Yeah, I mean, a little bit later on in the song, they changed the tempo. Like, at this chorus, they just changed the tempo all the way. And oh, yeah. Or, I'm sorry, the verse. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they changed it up. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it, it's a rock song, but it also, it has a strange structure. You know, they have a pre-chorus once. that starts out with the chorus. There's one verse in the song, the whole thing. Just one verse yeah. in it. And so, it, it was, it was uh, the call it experimental might be a little, mm, might be a little saying too much, right? I mean, I'm not saying it's an experimental album. I'm saying they are experimenting. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and I do like uh, Tom kind of yelling. This is the first. Like, he's yelling it. Like, kind of yelling yeah. it. And then uh, <laughs> and then Mark goes in and he goes, you know, thing I remember. Because the thing about Mark is that he doesn't, he doesn't, he does not, like, uh, do things that challenge his register, I guess, when you're singing. He, he when he sings, he, he, he can barely hear, he, He's not having trouble. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? <laughs> um, there's this song uh, we listened to, you know, uh, we listened to Japan Droids back, way back when, one of the first uh, themed episodes. And, uh, yeah, meat and potatoes. Yeah, and they, there was s- words or phrases or even sounds that the lead singer, that was just above his register, but they put it in there yeah. anyway. <laughs> and here they don't, Mark is one of those dudes that's like, I know where I can sing and I'm going to sing in that area. Exactly. <laughs> Play to your strength. Yeah, and so yeah, this is this is just another version of Mark Hoppus being that guy. Um, and if you guys don't know who Stockholm Syndrome is, it's it's what? Uh, how did you even find podcasts? Like like what's that thing? Anyway, um, <laughs> I mean I mean I'm talking shit. Maybe maybe you don't know what Stockholm Syndrome is, but it's basically when you fall in love with someone's kid, you captive. And this song's kind of like that. Um, exactly. It's talking about, um, I mean, all kinds of stuff. The guy kind of feels like. He really loves the person who's keeping them in this relationship, who's not putting putting in the same thing. Yeah, and it, you're capture. stuck there. You yeah, know? it's 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 a song that's it's a pretty good song. Like, it says, like when it comes to the sound of it, I love it. It's just it's my favorite song on the record. It's the one that really grabbed me. I think I stopped working for a minute, just waiting for the two minutes and forty two seconds to to wash over me. And um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I like. I think, the, I think this one was probably my favorite one uh, when I was younger. Uh, what, what is it now? Well, we'll get to it. Oh, okay. Do you want to move it down? Let's yeah. Go, let's go down and down. Um, Sorry, my cat's bugging me. <laughs> okay, yeah. so this was the third single from it. Um, oh, was it? Yeah, number 10 on my rock chat. It's definitely not my favorite song on the record. And it's it's really... it's It's... It's where it sort of starts of, uh, it's sort of, at this point, it's like, we're pretty far into it, and this, I don't want to say it's a concept record, but they really did have parts in here where they know how to break it up. Um, yeah, yeah. But we'll get to that. This song is right before that, and it's, it's a good song. Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of like what I was talking about earlier, where it's like common experiences, but kind of more, more sad, uh, reactions. So it's like. An awkward moment happens. It's in the rain, you know, a little sadder. Yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently, uh, Tom, he had a vision of his head of what this song was about, and he just wrote it down. And it's also a story where you can hear how weird he sings. It's because he does. Oh a, yeah, he does a, he, you know, this si- awkward silence makes me crazy. But um, um <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is it's a good song. Um, it's uh, it's. 
whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel thing. like I feel like a lot of other Blink One Eighty Two stuff kind of reads as like broier, like a little more broy. But this album feels a little more. I don't know. I love the drums in the song, by the way. The drums. In oh this, yeah, yeah, they're they're fantastic. Um, yeah. And then it has uh, kind of a lengthy piano and drum break near mm-hmm. the end of the song before leading into uh, the fallen. The fallen, which is a uh, which is actually not written by any of the main members of Blink. Oh, no, the, I thought it was written by Travis Barker. And yeah, Travis Barker and and um, Sick and Jackin, also known as hmm. uh, as a John or Jack. I don't. Okay, Jack Gonzalez, right? So it's written. It's it's. It's kind of like a hip hop song almost. Um, yeah, it's like an instrumental hip hop. Yeah. And um the guy saying down 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 pick me up I'm falling. That's like that's sick jacking. But from the hip hop Okay. Psycho Realm. And um it's it's a cool song. This is the one I think it actually sort of like it breaks it up. Like it's a song that's not like anything else on the record. So oh, you can, yeah. you can sort of I imagine this song is if you get the vinyl is right before you turn over the final record. That's how I got that, it. Yeah. Right? It, this is the, this is kind of like a, it's like a neat little sidestep that shows that they were, try, they were open to trying new things. Um, but it's also kind of like a little bit of a, a palate cleanser, mm-hmm. I guess. I think so. Yeah, I think you're totally right about that. It's a, and it's a cool, um, it's cool. I like it quite a bit. And it, 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 when you play it on, um, on your sampler, it definitely stands out. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, like most of the songs on here are pretty, pretty, um, pretty distinctive. Not like the song off of Life in Journal, which I could play five seconds of each song off there. And you're like, is that the same song? It could be, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> they've all got the same drum beat. Yeah, they do. And it, yeah, my parent, my dad hated it so much. Um, but, um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we, we'd be in a car ride and he's like, all right, well, you get to pick what you're listening to. And we played that. He's like, God, like we turned it over. He's like, finally, it was only like 40 minutes, you know? So I was like, <laughs> anyway, and also like we listened to our headphones a lot. And when you, you know, we listen to punk rock or either guitars for far away, it just sounds like static, you know? Oh yeah. So I've had my grandma's like, are they just listening to static? And I hear my headphones just like, I guess that's what they call music. But, um, yeah. <laughs> You know I mean? No, I'm not listening to Murs Bow. I'm listening to MXPX. That's right, Ma, uh, Grandma. Um, <laughs> was, uh, but that will bring us, I think, into the darkest song on the album. Go. Uh, which is Go. About Domestic Violence, 100%. Oh, yeah. And it's it's a, it's a fantastic song. Um, and it actually has things like... I mean, it, for this to say that it's not touching a deep nerve for some people. It's mm-hmm. totally untrue. Like, I, like for example, gave up our hope and went back inside, hit a broken heart with the engine that I sort of, um, I mean, it, it, you can say these are she lyrics, but I mean, this definitely has something to say. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I mean, I think it's autobiographical. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels like it. He says his own name in it. Yep. It's, um, and it's definitely kind of more on the straightforward, pop punk side mm-hmm. music wise. Yeah. Man, the lyrics about almost escaping an abusive home, but then uh, the mom deciding not to at the last second. And it, one of the things I like about this also, there's a big stop where he says, I don't want to know. Like, yeah. Or like, I think twice. 
And it's, that's, I mean, it's great. It's a good song. It's, it's one of my favorites on here. It's, it's a really good song. Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know what to say about this one. It's, 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 it's heartbreaking. Really? Yes, yeah, it is. It's, it's pretty powerful for yeah. a, again, I, I intended on going into this as like a, haha, this is, <laughs> this is, oh, we're going to goof on this. And then it's just like, oh shit. Yeah, it's, it's hard is. to, go, it's definitely hard to goof on a song like that. Certainly can't goof on this one, but like even the whole album is the whole thing is just kind of like, wow, this is, this is a lot better and more powerful than I expected it to be coming back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, I think if I were telling anyone to listen to song on this record, it would be, it would be go. I think so. Yeah. Um, um, which will then bring us into our next one. Asthenia. Yeah. It's a, it's got like this weird, like, like eeriness at the beginning. Uh, the, yeah, it's got like a synth drone and some radio chatter that radio, goes on for a pretty long time. Radio chatter, I actually found out what it was. It's the new it? moon landing. Oh, nice. And so if you look at the lyrics too, it's also kind of, you know, it, again, Tom <laughs> wrote the mm-hmm. song. And uh, he wrote it about a guy, an astronaut, sitting in a space castle about the size of a car. And he's telling me there's the thing if he comes back, if we will go back, and if he does, we'll make a difference. Right. Um, and, it, but again, he wrote it to where it could be about anything. You know, it could be, you know, it could be about just isolation. It could be about yeah. loneliness. It could be about sitting at home and, or finding someone that you lost contact with. And if you should go back and talk to them or you know, it's it's like any good songwriter, they make it in a way universal so you can relate to it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, this one kind of hit me as like you're sitting around being nostalgic, kind of remembering old things and be like, man, should I just should I go back to that? That was great. Yeah. That was cool. Like if you've you know moved out of your hometown or but is there like auto, you said, lost contact with people. Is there auto tune in this song? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I didn't notice it, at least not obviously, but it's like. The auto tune that we know is like turning it up too high to give it a funny sound, but like a lot of stuff uses auto tune just to slightly correct things and it's indistinguishable. That's true. Yeah, you, you're thinking them. So maybe I mean there, there, yeah, there I, could be. I, I do know there's some artists that use it almost all the time. Sometimes they use it live, which is crazy. Like Dolly Parton uses auto tune live. I think it's crazy that they've developed software that can like track stuff live like that yeah that's crazy right yeah yeah that one's an okay song didn't really have too much to yeah too much to say about it pretty good so um we'll go to always yeah which opens with you got like strings and drum like rim hits and like bass chords it's 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 a love song kind of right um Um, sort of it this one was to me like there parts of it are like they're at the moment of breaking up like it's kind of this like cyclical thing of like they're breaking up, but like they don't really want to want to break up because it's probably a bad relationship. Because they I, sh- like they want to get back together, but like maybe they shouldn't because it's not going to work. But he'll put in the work for it. Yeah, the the, the lyrics I put in here is as it quotes, "I love you, girl," but um, <laughs> because that's what the chorus is like. It's like, "Come on, let me hold you, touch you, feel you always, kiss you, taste you all night, always." Yeah, <laughs> which, which is a weird thing to put to say in general. It, like, it is. Imagine if you went to 
your uh, fiance or if you're a listener or your girlfriend and you're like, listen, I'm going to taste you all night. And they'd Ugh. be like, yeah, they'd be like, all night, huh? And I'd be like, always. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> they'd be fucking creeped out, you know? Like, yeah. And so, but Tom. Don't worry, baby. Blink-182 said yeah, it. Yeah, Tom. Tom said it. It must be cool. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Fuck's Tom. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find out when we put, put it on repeat. Um, um, yeah, always, it's like either on the verge of breaking up, but sort of he has like, I want to show you the passion I have. I want to see the passion yeah. I have. So we're going to. No, gonna, I, mess, I messed it up because I didn't put in the work, but now, now I will. Yeah, now yeah. I'll put in the work. I now that up, we're man. at the end of it. It's cool, right? We, we, I'm going to I'm gonna taste you all night. That's always, right? <laughs> um, but um, but uh, yeah, always a okay song. It's, I dig the stop in it. There's also a stop in this with Just Drums, uh, uh-huh. which I, I'm big. I'm big this record is big on big stops. And uh, your boy Chris here loves big stops. So I'm um, loving the big stops. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's also, um, so check this out. This is what Can Mark says it. about it. At the outro, there are four bass guitars being played. A Fender bass five, or uh, six. Fender precision bass to do different things. And a Roland synth bass, which sounds like a keyboard. So, That's cool. Yeah, you can definitely hear the, 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 one of the things I noticed about this record, the whole thing is that there's a lot of sonic space in it, you know? Even though, the, mm-hmm. even though they're stopping, there's still something there that makes it interesting. And, um. And, and, and I really owe a lot of that to to Travis Barker when it comes to uh, using the space because the mic the mic the drums in this, I you know they never use drums reverb so well. Then oh yeah, I mean, holy fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then like the song at the end introduces some like eighties sounding like it's got some like cheesy synth mm-hmm. at the end, which yeah. I really like. And then we get into my f- least favorite song on the record. Which is Easy Target. Yeah, that's your least favorite. Yeah, surprisingly, right? Um, so I also know a little bit about this song. Yeah, their guitar, their bass, their not the bass player, their producer Jerry Finn. It's about uh-huh. what happened to him. He went to go see a girl, like he had a crush on that girl, and um, he went to go who invited over to her house when they got there spraying with a hose. So, oh man, that Holly. Yeah, that always a bitch. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, this uh, one's a more of like a rock song. Yeah, it's a rock song. Uh, the chorus—I don't a, know why. It's like, a punky song. Kinda like, yeah, go ahead. The chorus made me think like almost like westerny or actiony. I don't know. It doesn't sound like a western, but just like the way it's delivered. To me, I don't like the weirdest lot in this. Something California's breeding mommy's little monster. I'm like gross. Like come yeah, on. whatever that. Means. Uh, like, yeah. It sounds like it sounds like. Tom or Mark walking with their dick out trying to sound awesome. <laughs> I didn't get that. Uh, but but uh, it does, yeah, I, I don't really have much to say about this song. It's pretty straightforward, just kind of like a rock song, weird lyrics. But it does do something interesting with the next track, all of this, that I feel like all of this is a part two to Easy Target. Yeah, and uh, Robert Smith sings a lot of all of this. And um, yeah, uh, he also which, says uh, The Cure, if you guys don't know. I think this song is my least favorite on the album. I it's not my least favorite. Uh, I actually really like the Robert Smith parts. Um, but you listen to Robert Smith and you're like, oh, that's where Marilyn Manson gets it from. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, the recently disgraced Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Uh, he gets it he from who, will not, who shall not be named. Yeah. He he gets it from Robert Smith. And Robert, Smith, Robert Smith. I was like, I was like, is Manson on this song? 
And then I was no, it's Robert Smith pre Manson, but still just yeah. as just as um, I guess shocking at the time. Do you like the Cure, by the way? I've never really listened to them. I I can appreciate what they've done to music in a good way. Mm. Like I can appreciate, like you know, a lot of people like you listen to Nine Inch Nails, and it's like, oh yeah, the Cure, amazing or whatever. But you also like to you know remain the light. But, um, right. <laughs> but uh, you don't like this Joey Spears on the record? Is it because the Robert Smith, or what do you think of it? Uh, I'm actually fine with the Robert Smith stuff. I just think um, it doesn't really like do much changing. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's kind of the same thing, and it's like one of the longest songs on the album. It doesn't really do anything interesting beyond being like a part two to Easy Target. Mm-hmm. You're right. Uh, I mean, that was it. It was just like, yeah, it didn't really do yeah, anything I, interesting. I get what you're saying. I I just think it, having Robert Smith and they're just. I just like that part of it. I'm like, yeah, he's yeah. in it. I mean, I think it's cool to have a, a guest feature and that guest feature be Robert Smith. Yeah, I mean. I just don't think the song's very interesting. <laughs> Do you want to get to Here's Your Letter? I think so, uh, because <laughs> this one is my favorite. To me, this it's interesting because I thought this was a typical Blink song. You know, it. I like typical Blink. Yeah, you like the My Palm favorite Blink-182 album is Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, which was criticized for being too typical and too kind of dumb. Yeah, well, the thing is I like about this song is the palm muted goodness that uh, Blink are so good at. You know, oh, yeah. The chunky the chunky palm mute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I listen to that all day. <laughs> um, uh, and it also, this song also does kind of play around with the um, the idea of darkness where it's like, hey, he's surrounded by darkness, but her voice is like a beacon of light within the darkness. Oh, yeah. And fuck, fuck I can't let this kill me. Let go. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like on and off again, him being a dick and then being nice. And he's kind of just like, I need to, I need to fix whatever the fuck I got going on. Yeah. And you know, it changes a bit. I mean, one of the things that I think is really good about this record when it comes to the ends of songs, a lot of times they'll have redemption, even if it's the same words, you sort of get the feeling that something's changed. And I get that from this song. I get that from a lot of songs of this record, honestly. Um, Stockholm being one of them. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, th- I mean, this is not my favorite song on the record. And I honestly, it's the one I had the least notes on. I didn't have a lot of notes on it, but I just, I, after I finished listening through it, I was like, I'm going to give that song one more spin. Yeah. It's a good song. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad song. And then, I mean, and then they close it out with I'm Lost Without You, which yeah. starts off with kind of a cool little droney loop and some piano, yeah, which, piano. as from what I read, that little, like, droney loop part was inspired by a Pink Floyd song. Yeah. Well, I like I like the song. It's got piano, and then the chorus, it gets in with a straight up, typical uh, rock instruments when it comes mm-hmm. to being a, oh, if you're playing too. too. Um, I, one of the things that I think that most struck me about the song is the end, which is he Tom, uh, not Tom, but Travis going sort of crazy. And uh, it reminds Yeah, he's uh, just kind of riding the snare drum. So I have, a, I have a question. Have you ever seen That Thing You Do? Uh, no. Okay, well, it's a song, it's a movie about this uh, 60s rock band that sort of disintegrates to the end. And I'm not giving anything away. At the end, the, the drummers in the studio just fucking around. He starts playing this thing, and it's. Pretty cool. Like, uh, it's like this drummer just showing off. And the guy in the booth goes, you want to record? He's like, he's like, you want to record? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, what song called? He goes, I'm in Spartacus. He goes, so you want me to record? He's like, no, I'm just messing around. But that sort of thing he would, that, that 
Travis doing it into this? Uh-huh. It, I, I wrote down I'm Spartacus. <laughs> because they <laughs> remind me of that scene from that movie, which you, you haven't seen it, but it's really fucking good, man. I might have to check it out. Yeah, it's it it's it's about music. Kind of. I like music. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, it, uh, never mind. That sounds mean. Sorry, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I really didn't mean Rude. that. To come, I didn't mean. Man, to, I didn't mean for that. After me. I didn't mean to, to come out the way it did. Welcome yeah. to the roast of Ryan. Like for example, I'll say no shit a lot, and Matt's like, "You, you like that? Say that way." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You're talking about him." I'm like, "I'm like, no, it's more like saying, yeah, I know, like really," but I'm like, "No shit," and he's like, "Geez, what an asshole!" I'm like, "I'm not trying to be an asshole." Sorry. Yeah, maybe you try to like change your inflection on it. Yeah. Like, oh, like, no shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, really? But also when I say for real, like people go, like, nah, for fake. I'm like, well, fuck you too. For being yeah. an asshole about it. You know, I'm just I'm just trying to, you know, try to connect. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, this song's longest on the album. It jams out a bit at the end. Um and I don't know, the like jammy bit at the end, I feel like the intensity in it is mm-hmm. lost a little bit. Like I don't, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't feel very intense to Does me. Does it feel I finished didn't... to you or is it not that it doesn't feel finished or something? I don't know what it is. Like some of the notes I was reading on it was like, uh, members of the band were like, Oh man, wait till you hear this song. Like you need to listen to this in headphones. Cause there's like 50 tracks going at the <laughs> same time. And it's kind of like, you're playing like a chord. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Okay. You could have done this with three tracks and it would have sounded the same. Like I listened in really nice, not really nice, nice enough headphones, nice for me headphones. The stuff I listen to everything on that I, I pick up a lot of good details and a lot of the music. And I was just like, this did not blow me away as much as you would hoped it was going to blow me away. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, but yeah, it was fine. Okay. Um. So it was a good record. It's, it's a, 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 among their best, but where does it fit in your pantheon of Blink-22? Uh, this is probably like two or three okay. for me. I'm I'm kind of an outlier, and I actually don't really like Enema of the State that much beyond mm-hmm. like the singles. Okay, that's right. Um, it's my favorite. And then but, yeah. Take Off Your Pants and Jacket is my favorite. Suck them fucking in touching. Did you? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, like I, I that's the version I got. I didn't buy all three versions of it. Of what? Take off. Do you know the three versions of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket? I bought the edited version. Oh I was a child. shit. That wow. came before this album. Dude, okay. So I got that album when I was like, I don't know, 11 or 12. Dude. So I have I have the version of the album that uh, has uh, Happy Holidays. It's only called Happy Holidays, and it has no lyrics in it. That's because all the lyrics are sucking and fucking and touching. Yeah. Weird, it's About man. shitting your pants because he ate so many hot, his grandpa ate too many fucking hot dogs. Dude. That's yeah, cool. it's, it's instrumental on the edited version. That's Interesting. Oh, except for at the end where they just go, I'll never talk to you again. Okay, well, um I think I think <laughs> Spotify should put uh, edited versions of albums up because uh the edited version of To the Five Burrows by Beastie Boys is amazing because they went in and instead of like blanking the words, they bleeped it out with funny sounds. You know you know what's crazy? Cool. Um uh, do you remember Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny? That's that movie? Yeah. There is a edited version of that record, but it's just Jack Black singing different words. Like, for example... Oh, that's a, that's you, a smart idea. Uh, you, how well do you know that movie? Not very well. I I much prefer early 
uh, Tenacious D. Yeah, I mean, like uh, like the TV you. show and. All but that. Uh, there's a point where he meets Kyle Gass and he does a, uh, he does a, the classical song. But so when you hear it on the on the movie, it's uh, he's going to kick your fucking ass, and his, you know his name is Kyle Gass. Uh, Kyle Gass rocking and fucking rolling. Uh-huh. When you hear the edit version, he's going to mow your freaking gas grass, and you know his name <laughs> is Kyle Gas, rocking and freaking rolling. I'm like, I'm like, he actually changed like he didn't like bleep it out. He did two different takes with clean words in it. I love it for a movie that, I mean, it was fine. I mean, it's got really funny parts to it, but but it's weird, man. Yeah, <laughs> but you had okay, yeah. To your advance, Jack, you had the edit version. Which is crazy to me, but hey, I had a I had a lot of uh, edited music because the only way my parents would let me listen to the stuff that had bad words. Yeah, I had a I had a version of Nevermind. Nice. I didn't realize they made an edited version. I of didn't that. either, and it, uh, <laughs> and uh, it took out one curse word. Yeah. Worth it. Yeah, it was. And Nevermind's a great record, but I remember God, my dad was like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "You know what it is." He's like, "Okay." <laughs> and that was it. It that's the only that's the only discussion we have about me owning Nevermind. <laughs> and they didn't have uh the that version does that does not have endless nameless at the end of it like most of them do. Oh weird. They edited it. They did. Um Yeah, uh so and that was our I am fourteen, this is very deep. Yeah. I I feel fourteen again. Uh I did realize that Maybe some of the music I listened to when I was 14 was actually pretty deep. I discovered, and I knew this, that MXPX don't really get the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, I made fun of it even then, but nowadays it's, it hurts even more um, to say they're my favorite <laughs> band. But are you ready to draw the next topic? Of course. Okay. New theme. New, New theme. theme. New, New theme. theme. Okay, I got one. And... It is. Oh, free play. Oh, damn. Again. That that came up fast. Yeah, I didn't think it would. You know, should we should have drawn another one? How long ago did free play come up? Uh, six episodes ago. Let's see if we can keep it to at least ten episodes. Okay, apart. I'll get another one. Draw another one. Okay. And we will. Oh, new theme. New, new theme. theme. New theme. Uh, EP episode. Ooh. I got this one down already. I know it is. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. this one's gonna be a hard one. Uh, I figured it out. I mean, I, I had one in mind when I thought about this, and I even did research to make sure it wasn't EP and it is. So happy me! I'm, I'm pretty stoked nice. on this. I can't wait to show it to you. <laughs> really, might, might actually be a uh, might be a shorter episode. Um, yeah, it it might be. It might be an EP episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, we. I know. I. I Talked a bunch of bullshit here, and we're gonna, this uh, once I edit this out, it'll be one of our longer episodes. Yep. It will be one of our longer. Yep. Oh shit! You know with the breaks we took. Oh, you mean tonight? Oh yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the uh, not the EP episode. No, no, not the episode. No, that that will probably be a short one. We might just talk bullshit there and see what happens. If I if I feel like it's gonna be thirty <laughs> minutes long. <laughs> yeah, it'll be an EP of an episode. Yeah, it might be. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe and you guys are a little pissed off that we didn't give you your general ninety minutes of talk. <laughs> All right, uh, but uh, are you good? I'm 
I'm good. I think we talked about talked about what we could talk about. All right. What else you got going on, pal? Uh, well, me and my friend Dylan do the music for this show. We are a band called Smell. Uh, we are on Bandcamp at smell.bandcamp.com. We've got two albums out, so if you like the opening and you like the outro, uh, feel free to check it out. It's just kind of fun, instrumental, punky stuff. Mm-hmm. And what about you? What do you got going on? I do another podcast weekly called Movies Don't Suck and Some That Do. Uh, we do two movies a week. Um, I'm, I really have nothing else to say about it, except that we're found where you can find Rick and I... Uh, yeah, you guys started a new a new format thing though, recently. Exciting update. Uh, what are you talking about? You're doing it live now. Oh yeah. Oh fuck yeah. So um, we <laughs> every Thursday at six thirty, if you find our YouTube, uh, we do a, a live episode. Uh, it's live. Uh, and then like a few days after that, uh, the um, the edited version will show up on YouTube as well. Uh, not edited like we take our words, but like if the, I drop off. Or I feel like Neil's taking too long to answer my question. I kind of pause and stuff like that. So the other version is generally a few minutes shorter. And it's live, though. So you can see when you see our ugly mugs talking to each other. You go to uh, YouTube, 630 Central, on uh, and find our channel. And we do live episodes. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what we do. Uh, for movies cool. that don't suck and some they do. There's two of them. Just like there's two record nights. <laughs> there's some movies that don't suck, and then movies that don't suck, and some do. That's uh, me and Neil. You and guys then, with the some that do. Yeah, with the some that do, because we don't discriminate. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, we are record night, and there's another place called Record Night Podcast. We know them. They're cool guys. We've done a few episodes with them, but uh, we're the one with the golden logo. Yep. All right, uh, so uh, that's it, right? Yeah, that was record night. Thanks for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And you guys have a good night.